Okay, here it is. Why do you need spiritual authority? Real simple, because nothing works without it. Session over. Have a great life. No, you should think about that. Nothing will work without spiritual authority. So you can go like, oh, that's cool. That's nifty. No, nothing in your life will work without spiritual authority. What set Jesus apart? When remember he taught in the synagogue and they go, whoa, we are amazed at his teaching. Why were they amazed at his teaching? The people remarked. They said he's different than all the other teachers because when he speaks, he speaks as one who has authority. authority. So authority is a game changer, okay? You can have all the nifty sayings. You can have all the best teachings and you can have a total lack of authority. You've all heard teachers before that had the best, most awesome in, insights who's heard great insights yeah great stories uh, the talk was just perfectly orchestrated it was timed i mean the jokes were on time and yet when you left if i said to you what of significance was said you would have nothing to remark have you never sat under a teaching go oh, that was perfect in every way every i was dotted and t was crossed and yet it was totally unmemorable uh-huh. I've given thousands of them, so I know what it's about. Have you ever given a talk where you worked for hours and hours and hours on it? Maybe you never have. I've had the painful experience where you toil, and in the middle of that time, you're like, I'm saying all the right stuff, and it's just like it hits the wall and bounces off. Am I the only one? I mean, if you have ever led a worship session, you're an artist, and you prepared, and you prayed, and you fasted, and you picked those songs, and you had a vision, and God was going to break through, and the veil was going to be torn a second time, and shred, and angels were going to come down. And then five minutes into that session, you're like, we are going nowhere fast. Can I get an amen right now? Or does it always work for you guys? Am I the only one who ever has those deals where you're like, I'm prayed up, I'm prepped up, I'm schooled up, and it didn't matter a lick. Nothing happened in that room. You never had this terrible experience. How many of you have ever had a team? Like you're you're a leader. You're going to have a team. And you're like, we got the original design for the team. We're prayed. Yeah, we're prayed up to. You already know who they are. They pile off the van. And you have the shocking revelation. No one cares what you think. And they're not excited to listen to you at all. Can I get an amen? How many of you, first time going in, you're just like, man, it's my first DTS. It's going to be awesome. I'm pumped up, dude. I'm anointed. I'm appointed. I'm pretty fascinating. Put oil in my head. I think I love, I love, I love. I watched YouTube, Nick, Benny, everyone. I've got all the moves memorized. They pile up and you don't, you're not thinking about it, but you have an unspoken assumption that everyone wants to know what you think and they're ready to do what you ask. (laughs) No, I'm trying to be real with you. We're moving past conceptual learning. I'm trying to bring you to the emotion of a leader's life when you have an uh uh-oh moment where you go, I did all the right things and it's not fair, but it didn't work. So what are you going to do now? That's called a lack of authority. Wow. So what I'm trying to say is like, don't freak out. And leaders do this. They have a realization. They feel like it's all going to go good. It's not going good. And they have a, a meltdown where they go like, oh, it's not, none of it's working. None of the tools are working. No one's listening. No one cares what I think. The prophetic word didn't land. The teaching, people didn't cheer. I mean, there's a million applications, but I'm trying to get you in emotion. Someone engage emotionally. Don't engage mentally right now. Put your heart in that space and go like, well, now what am I going to do? I could stand up here and lie to you and go, it's all going to go great. No, that's fake. It ain't all going to go good. It's slowly the wheels are going to come off at some point. Could be tomorrow. Could be the day after, right? 
At some point, you're going to have a bad team time. At some point, you're going to have an outreach that doesn't go great. At some point, you're going to preach a message that's a dud. At some point, you're going to sing a song that didn't land and no one sang and they didn't like it. Now, what I'm saying is the leader goes, now what? Now what are you going to do? So I'm trying to get you past the this idealism that it's all going to go great. No, it's not all going to go great. There's like the will of man is running free on the earth. Can I get an amen right now that people have free wills and they get out of bed and choose every day what they want to do. And on the top of their list, it might not be, I want to do everything you think. What are you going to do now? Was oh, it so quiet? It's so Because I'm trying to go like, oh, we can give you concepts and go. But I'm trying to get you past the conceptual yeah. learning to like what I've had just thousands of where you go like, boy, that's totally different than I thought that that was going to go. Brian just said, go into the room of deliverance and tell the demon to come out. And I did that. And the demon literally cackled in my face and said in a to different tone of voice, I don't care what you say. <laughs> That's never happened to you? Well, I'm praying right now, every single one of you in the next five days have that kind of encounter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That will be far more dynamic. Lord, I'm just saying, I'm going to pray for you. Lord, I pray right now. So humbly, go back and read the Gospels. How did Jesus train the twelve? Oh, you missed that. You missed that. You didn't hear what I just said. Did Jesus train the 12 by ensuring that everything went Or did Jesus intentionally put them for three years every day into situations in which he knew that they would fail and then basically go, he just rebuked them and went on to the next day. This wicked generation, will you never believe? I'm going to bed. See you tomorrow. <laughs> Are we all tracking? Like, I feel there's a divide. What I'm trying to say, there's a gap in the way that we train and learn sometimes. And I feel, if I'm honest with you, I'm doing you a disservice if I just set a table where the, oh, it's, yep, that, this all worked. That doesn't really prepare you for real life. Where the, the will of man is free on the earth and people have power to choose. And don't look now, but God gave them power to choose. So when you're mad at someone because they don't want to listen to you and you're like, da, 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 the Lord gave them that freedom to choose. What are you going to do? You're going to make them listen to you? You have no leverage to do that. They're a volunteer. They came. They paid on their own deal. I'm trying to build attention right now. It's called real life. <laughs> but I feel sometimes we train you in these like sanitized environments where we're like standing on chairs. And I love standing on chairs, but I just want you to know, every time you speak in the future, the room might not stand on its chair and cheer for you. What are you going to do now? Yeah. yeah. Or when you speak to the demon, the demon might look at you and go, no, I'm not leaving. I'm not moving. I want to be here. You have no right to tell me what to do. Because the very thing that I represent in your life, come back tomorrow. <laughs> Are you going to pack it up and go home? You're going to lick your wounds and go like, man, I'm defeated. I'll take a decade off of ministry. Or are you going to go, excuse me, while I step outside, I'm going to handle my business because that's what leaders do. I'm going to get right back in here. I'm going to confront you harder. And in Jesus' name, you will go. Your minutes on the clock, get ready to go. Are you moving in authority? That's authority. Or do you just go like, oh, just, you're right. Unbelief. I suck. I'm leaving the room right now. I should find something else to do. I'll join the hospitality team. Oh. Oh, the room just gasped. 
I'm all about the hospitality. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, I lost somebody. Come back. Come back. Come back. Because I'm going to mess with your paradigm again. <laughs> Come back. If you just checked out right there permanently, if in your mind you're like, that's it, I'm done. I'm hospitality gifted and you're out on my list. I just want you to know. I want you to go back to the book of Acts when they chose those who were going to wait tables. And Stephen was chosen. What was the prerequisite to make that list? You had to be basically moving in such profound wisdom and power that, and the book of Acts says, nobody could stand up against you. So the prerequisite to even be on their hospitality team was you had to move in more power than anybody in the room. I don't know. Who's the fun? <laughs> I'm trying to tell like real situations. I'm just trying to tell like real situations I was in. So I want you to push in and go, okay, so everyone say spiritual authority. Spiritual authority. You got to have it. And if you don't have it, nothing will work. And by it, all things work. The heavenly realm will respond to you when you have authority. Right. You walk, no, you don't understand what I just said. When you have authority, you don't have to say anything. The spiritual realm knows who you are when you walk in the room. And it will respond to your command. When Daniel prayed and fasted for breakthrough and he had the angelic encounter, what did the angel say to him? Because the moment you set your heart to gain understanding, I was dispatched in response to your prayer. Wow. So in spiritual authority realm, he hadn't even prayed yet. All he had done was set his heart to gain understanding. And heaven goes, we're responding to this command right now. And an unleashed angelic host, archangels are now locked into a 30-day battle as he prays and fasts. Does your prayer life move in authority or does it move nowhere? Oh. Authority will change your intercession life. When you go in the prayer room, are you operating in authority? Are principalities responding to what you say? Are you binding on earth and loosing on earth? Because what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Or does the heavenly realm go, we don't know who you are and I don't need to respond to you. So you have to have hard conversations with yourself in the mirror. I'm just saying I have hard conversations every week with myself. That's what leaders do. Leaders don't depend on someone to stop by their house and go, man, challenge me so that I come higher. A leader gets out of bed and goes, I'm looking at my life and my life does not measure up to the life of Jesus. Therefore, I will challenge myself. Good. How hungry and desperate are you to move in authority? I'm already going to be out of time here. I'm 20 to 24 minutes. How are we doing? Going, 24 minutes. So we're going to pray right now. But I wanted to do this. Spiritual authority. What is it? Definition. Spiritual authority is the right to influence. Do you guys see this right here? Is my computer going crazy here? Can you guys see the screens okay? Okay, so right here, spiritual authority, definition. Don't, don't disconnect because I'm teaching. Stay connected at a heart level. If you want to grow in spiritual authority, spiritual authority, you can grow in spiritual authority. You ought to grow in spiritual authority. You should hunger and thirst to grow in spiritual authority. If you ever lose desire for greater spiritual authority in your life, the alarm bells ought to be going off in your life to go basically you're one step away from crashing into a ditch. Yeah. So if you don't wake up every day and go, I, my life, my very life depends on a greater release of spiritual authority, then you've missed revival. Yeah. Good. Wow. Was that too much? Yeah. Yeah. 
You'll, man, you want to be desperate? Ask the Lord. I dare you. I double dog dare you. No, I do. Have the guts to pray in the secret place of your life. Jesus, I want to be desperate, hungry, and thirsty for a greater release of authority. If you pray that prayer, I promise you God will answer that prayer. But he usually does not do that while you're asleep and there's a cool dream and you feel a warm, affectionate hug. He usually puts you into circumstances where if God does not come through with authority, your life is on the line. And then in that moment, you'll have no problem with hunger and thirst. You'll be hungrier and thirstier than you've ever been in your life. Spiritual authority is the right to influence. It's conferred or given upon a leader by followers. Oh, you missed what I just said. Because today we're talking about spiritual authority, which is how the spiritual realm responds to you. But I want to talk about leaders don't just lead the spiritual realm. They lead who? People. And so spiritual authority is ultimately given by followers. There's a great saying that says, if you want to know how much of a leader you are, how many followers do you have? You can say you're a leader all you want, but unless you have followers, you're not really a leader. So then who gives power and authority? Who gives the right to lead? It's the followers. It's followers who look into your life and go, man, there's something in your life that I want to emulate. Therefore, I will follow you. And what I'm trying to challenge you in really fast here, I'm kind of rushing through it because I want to get to prayer, is if people don't respond to you that way, don't go home and self-pity. Challenge yourself. Rise up in desperation and go, man, no one's responding to me. Don't blame it on others. And that's what I see leaders of all ages do. When people don't respond, when they don't have authority, they blame it on the followers. Well, they're unteachable. They have a rebellious spirit. This young generation, boy, Gen Z, this, that, and the other. No, maybe you're the common denominator. Maybe there's nothing wrong with anybody else except you lack spiritual authority. And the Lord is saying, I'm trying to get a message through to you. Will you respond to me and call out for a breakthrough in authority? Or will you just continue to blame everyone in your life? Then you get married. It's always your spouse's fault. Is it? Or do you lack authority? Then you have children. Your children want to listen to you. Is it your kid's fault? Or do you like spiritual authority? How many dads that I see who kids don't respond to them and they're angry with their kids and yet they never missed a meal one time asking God to increase the level of authority they move in in their life. How's that love? Wow. My kids don't listen, this, that, and the other. How many hours have you invested the tears of your own eyes pounding the floor that God would change you so that others would respond to God in you? Or did you just expect that because God said to you prophetically you're a leader that everyone should magically respond? Was that too intense? No. Told you this is leadership training, different than a DTS. If you want to be a leader, this is what leaders do. God will put you in yeah. positions where you should recognize, I don't really have enough authority to accomplish what God is saying. And the Lord goes, I know, that's why I put you in that position. So you would call out to me, and then I would answer your prayer. And then when I break through, you'll know I did it, and then you'll worship me more. And then you have a greater, more dynamic prayer life. It's called intimacy. But you don't get there by sitting in a safe place. You get there by God putting you in over your head. All right. Conferred upon them because their perception of spirituality in that leader. Here we go. How are we doing? Spiritual authority is that characteristic of a God-anointed leader. You guys see this right here? I love this line. It's developed upon an experiential power base. What does that mean? I'm going to simplify that mean for you. If you have spiritual authority, you want to grow in spiritual authority, you have to have an experiential life with God. 
what I'm trying to get you to feel today, and I don't know, honestly, I'm being sincere. I don't know if it's coming through clearly. But if any of you today are like, I think I'm lacking in a spiritual authority. I need a greater level of authority. You're not on blast right now. Does anyone authentically feel today like, I think I'm lacking spiritual authority and I want to grow in spiritual authority, like desperately, raise your hand. Okay, what I'm trying to say is you should be asking the question, it's because it's not about works and reward, but you should be asking, Lord, how do I grow in authority? This is how. You have a deep, vibrant, personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and it's built on experiences with God. Are you pounding the floor every day asking God to encounter you? Are you asking God for specific encounters? Are you asking for God to work in the secret place of your life that grows in the fruit of your public life? As a leader, you will lead out of who you are for better or for worse. It's built on your giftedness, your character, your deep experiences with God. What I'm trying to say is again, and I've seen this in my life, so I'm going to put my cell phone blast on else. I saw this for, man, decades, is I would lack spiritual authority. And how did I know I lacked spiritual authority? Easy. I worked with Brian. No, you didn't understand what I just said. How many of you have ever worked with someone who has dynamic authority? And then you work with them and realize you get totally different outcomes than they get. Yeah. Who's ever had the awesome privilege of like, you serve Sam. And Sam can stand in front of the room and everyone goes, man, I'm pumped to do what Sam says. Yeah. And Sam goes, hey, I won't be there today. Can you handle the meeting for me? And then you realize no one cares what I want to say right now. Has anyone ever had those moments where the Lord puts you in positions and you have a real head-to-head -head experience I'm just trying to be honest with you. It was like every day in my life with Brian. So it could be a meeting. It could be a prayer room moment. Like we would just happen at church all the time. Like I would talk to someone because I needed them to do something. And I would say like, hey, could you, um, could you move the chairs over here for me? I'm just trying to make it so real and practical so it's not so pie in the sky. Because how many of you as a leader need to get people to do something on a daily basis? Doesn't your whole existence that? Like, I need you at one-on-one -on -one time. We're going to have a group. Hey, I need you on an airplane. We're going here on this day. Did you pack a bag? Did you pay your fees? So just think about the amount of things you're asking people to do on a daily basis. And it seemed like no matter what I asked or how I asked, I just had a hard time getting people to respond to me. Be honest and vulnerable. How many of you would say you struggle at times? You feel if you're honest in your mind, you're not going to want to be honest about this because you're going to you're going to have the temptation to be like, no, it's cool. It always works out. But if you're honest, how many of you feel you have a hard time getting people to respond to you when you need them to do something? Raise your hand. Look around the room. I love this honesty. Don't don't be no. Go full up. If your hands up, go full up. So this is uh, don't don't put it down yet. So this is our leadership team. Our leadership team, this percentage feels, man, I'm lacking in authority to move people. So put your hands down. So I would do this all the time, like, bro, can you move chairs from this side to this side? He would say, no. <laughs> no, this would. I mean, people, it's a free will world. People would go like, no, Matt, I can't do that. I'm out of time. No, I want. I don't really want to. People would just say things. So how many of you have ever had someone say something astonishing to you? You're like, wow. You could have at least lied to me and made something up. <laughs> but has anyone just ever had someone just uh, just say the most offensive thing to your face? Like, I've literally had people, that, this happened recently. Someone just sat down and just said, hey, I just want you to know, I don't feel loved by you at all or covered. I don't feel you care about me. And I was like, wow, okay, well, thanks for just letting me know. I will basically go back to my prayer that I guess. So have you never had that? Man, we've got to arrange some real honest conversations. It's real, right? 
And then I would go to Brian and I would say, Brian, I tried to get the chairs moved. And he'd go like, really? I think they want to do it. And then how many of this has ever happened? Then Brian would always call my bluff. This is because Brian was a good leader. So Brian would go, oh, well, come over with me, Matt. And how many of you have ever been in a situation where you couldn't get someone to do something? Yeah. You go up the food chain and then the food chain goes, come with me. And then how many of you in your mind are like, oh, snap, something good's about to happen. And I'm going to look like a total dance cap right now. <laughs> and so Brian would go like, hey, would you move the chairs? And the person would go like, yeah, I would love to move the chairs. I'll do it right now. And I would literally be standing there like, I was just here. 30 seconds ago, I said it nicer than he did. And you told me no, and that I suck as a leader. And then you told him, has this never happened to you guys? And I would go back to my life and I would be like, how come Brian is able to get someone to do something and people don't respond to me? And I'll never forget the Lord said to me, he goes, because you lack spiritual authority. And then the Lord said, follow that line up with this line. He goes, what are you going to do about it? So good. So I'm going to draw you into the hunger to go, man, the Lord is inviting you into this process to call out to God. I'll tell you another funny story. We're down to 14 minutes, and I think we're going to be out of time for prayer, which is a total fail on my part. I remember Brian sent me to Africa one time for six weeks to do ministry with pastors in the townships in Cape Town. We worked in Kailicha, Gugaletu, and some of the townships. I mean, you love that kind of sauce. It's super good, right? <laughs> Most exciting, vibrant time of ministry. Uh, probably one of the, the high, highlights of my life thus far. Uh, best memory I have is one of the Sundays, because we would go out to the townships to do ministry. Who's ever been to a township in South Africa? Okay, or a slum area somewhere in the world. Who's ever been to a church that's in a slum type of an area? And how many of you feel like they have a totally different expression of faith in Christianity than we do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I remember the first time I showed up at the deal and they're so honoring, so loving. I mean, so honoring and so loving that I was so humble. I was embarrassed. Like literally, I was like, I know nothing about love. I know nothing about honor. Like I was so, who's ever had that terrible experience? Yeah. You're like, I'm a total American and I need to grow in a billion ways. So this is true story. He calls me up because it was their culture honor uh, to honor cult was their culture. So he goes, he literally, he knew I was coming. He, uh, a friend was bringing me. He goes, Hey, we want you to preach today. It was on the spot. <clears throat> Yeah, who said, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, you know what's coming, don't you? How many of you feel like, of course, I was totally prepared for that moment? Who's ever been to a Black African, like, legit church? Yes. How many of you feel like you can hold a candle to that type of preaching at all? Yeah, no hands should go up right now. And so he goes, oh, we want you to take the message. And instantly I'm like, oh, like, what am I going to do? And so he, the pastor just sits down on the front row, just like, it's all yours, take it. And I wish I could tell you, like, I wish I had such an awesome ending to this story. Like, and then God came and there were angels and it was crazy and swirl and all this. So I just go as hard as I can go. I bet you it was 24 minutes, probably tops, best I had. Every revelation I've ever had in my whole life. <laughs> Repeated twice in different ways every significant encounter i threw every bullet i had at that moment i bet you it was 24 minutes like maybe i don't think it was 30 minutes tops and i had this terrible reality when i went i literally i'm standing up front. have you ever had a moment like this i'm standing up front and i'm in live 
thinking to myself, I'm out of things to say. I have nothing. I literally can't think of one other thing to say. I'm just drawing this amount for you. And they're all looking at me like, and? What's next? And so in the middle of this, the pastor fell asleep on the I told you, no good ending to this story. This is a math story, which means things always get worse before they get better. And so I'm like, oh, so I'm just thinking about psychologically what that's doing for my insecurity complex. When the pastor literally is front row, I'm just going to show you what it looks like. He's front row like this. <laughs> like heads fully back, mouths wide open, whole church can see him. And I'm like, oh, snap. So 24 minutes, God, this is so real. I, you guys think I'm hamming it up. I'm not. <laughs> and I'm like, amen. Okay, thank you so much. He wakes up, comes out of the slumber, and he looks at me. The pastor does, whole church publicly says this. He goes, oh, is that it? Uh, and I go, yeah, that, that was it. Because <laughs> I had nothing else to say. I had said everything I could think of. And he goes, oh, okay. He was surprised. He was expecting I had at least, I'm not exaggerating. He was saying I had at least another hour of awesome content. And I had nothing, no bullets. So he goes, okay. He stands up because he wasn't expecting to preach that. And he had given me the whole service. I hope you're seeing the depth of my lack of spiritual authority. And he goes, oh, okay. And spontaneously in the moment, because he's thinking like, I've got to feed my sheep because this guy didn't feed the sheep. So he goes, okay, he, so loving, so polite, like the most humble, meek, gracious, thank you, so honoring, but I knew what was happening. Man, <laughs> I hope none of you have an awesome experience like this. <laughs> it's so quiet and I don't know why right now, this is awkward. <laughs> he literally comes up, he takes the microphone and proceeds to spontaneously go ham for the next two hours. Uh -huh. Oh yeah. <laughs> two oh yeah church is not a short uh, event there like it's for sure we're rocking three hours three and a half hours uh, he just he went serious and i'm talking about profound revelation like literally he's unpacking the bible spontaneously <laughs> off the cuff and he's dealing with the room people are being set free i mean tears are flowing and it was just another day off the off the deal i went home totally <laughs> Zach got his hand over his embarrassing. I went home totally dejected that day. Like, man, like I thought I was a missionary. I got nothing. And I will never forget as I was internally moaning, complaining to the Lord. Who's ever had a moment where it ministry didn't go good and you complained to the Lord? And I just said, I was like, oh, and I just, I'll never forget that moment. So life defining when I heard the Holy Spirit clear as the day, just broke and spoke to me. He goes, what are you going to do about it? Well, that's right. Wow. Is that it, Matt? You're just going to pack it up, head home, have a little self-pity party? Or are you going to come after me right now? Are you going to look yourself in the mirror and have the guts to say you lack authority? Do you have faith that I have authority to give you, but I'm waiting on you to pursue me? And how desperate are you? What does your pursuit look like? Yeah. And man, that started a journey for me to just go like, how many of you feel like that's a little bit different than the come here, tender one? 
where the Lord puts his arm. I just want you to know that the Lord does love you and he's tender, but there's moments too where the Lord is jealous for your yeah. future. Yeah. And he's also jealous about all those destinies assigned to your future. Yeah. And there will be moments in your development where the Lord goes, we got to pick this up. It's time. We're short on time. Clock is up. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? So I want you to feel that today. That was a, a deal here. And I'm really out of time. We're seven minutes deep. Here you go. Is this helpful at all? Forget this. this is no good. We'll just close that right there. Okay. How about this though? Let me give you another one. When we come back from break, we're going to dive into prayer. What are you going to do when you're asking God questions and your prophetic's not working because there's a lack of authority? You're just going to phone it in. You're going to pack it up. You're just going to pull out your own prayer notes. Are you going to put pressure on your buddy for them to try harder? I tried that move in my marriage. It didn't go good. Oh, yeah. Have I never told you that story? No, you did. Oh, snap. What? Did I tell you guys that story? No. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brand new marriage, newlywed couple. You're you're in like total shock right now. I'm sorry, wasn't were you thinking this is gonna be like a more inspirational time? <laughs> I'm inspiring you guys what not to be. Here it is. Brand newly, you know, new marriage, like newlywed couple. I'm feeling like boom, we're a total power couple right now. If I'm if I'm destroying your image of, of uh, life, I apologize. <laughs> and remember the whole prayer team thing I told you yesterday. So boom, you're fresh back from the honeymoon. Saturday night church. Remember the prayer lines go out the room. You're rolling deep now because you're a married couple. So you're a prayer team. I'll never forget this. <laughs> There's laughter over here. I'm just setting the stage for you. Okay. We're going to pray together. My wife and I, I'm thinking we're a power couple, right? We're ready to move in power. I fell in love with my wife because she was known for power. It was the first memory I have of my wife was my wife and another gal in the church, they were both single, operated as a power team. Her name was Gretchen. My wife's name is Laura. And Laura just had so much authority in her life. And she was known for authority. Never participated in the after service, uh, like hangout fellowship time. Laura was straight business. If there were demons to be dealt with, Laura was like, point me in the direction. That was just Laura's nature. Laura's a black belt, just so you know. So my wife, Laura, is just like... Hang out on cake or chop suki a demon. I'm going for the chop suki. Let's go. Boom. And so that's where. So I remember the first time I saw Laura was from across the multi-purpose room. You guys remember I'm telling you the stories yesterday of the era of the demons manifesting. Okay. And so our first image of my wife is she's going room to room and just pulverizing everything <laughs> in her path. Gretchen's the prophetic revelator because she's got that prophetic gift. Raise your hand in the room if you got a prophetic gift. Okay. So what we would do is we would pair up someone with a gift of authority and someone with a gift of the prophetic yeah. dynamite power. We should do that. You should do that. That's wise. Okay. And so Laura just, and man, when Laura just moved, there was fierceness. Like if you were not thinking about how to extend the kingdom, she did not have time to discuss what was happening that night with you. If you ever meet my wife, she's like super nice. But when she gets into this zone, I'm like, dang, we better be on our game right now. So right, Kiana, I see your head nodding. Yes. Yeah, like she's the, like the nicest person ever. And at the same time, you're like, I just feel like laser focused right now. So I remember the night I saw her from across the room. She opens the door, boom, she walks to another room. And I was in my mind, I go, oh my gosh, that is a fierce woman who's full of authority. How many of you know you, your whole being can exude authority without saying a word? You can see and feel and smell authority from across the room. 
door, deliverance, shrieks from in, doors open, boom, her and Gretchen come out, another door, shrieks, boom, demon comes out, door open. No, I'm serious, this is what this is like. So this is Laura, so I, okay, can I fast forward the tape now? So now I'm thinking we're married, this is my image of Laura. I'm expecting this mode of Laura. What's that? Oh, just like the expectation. Yeah, no, it's good, the expectation, right? So, but in my mind, I'm just trying to show you the silliness of Matt's life, and then we'll go to lunch. Three minutes. You got three minutes? She goes, so, but was never discussed, but I just had the assumption like, oh, because I'm the husband, I'll be the authority. Oh, yeah, that should, you should gasp at that right there. That was gasp worthy right there. Amen. And then you'll be the prophetic. Here's the problem. Laura had never moved in the prophetic ever. She had a monster gift of authority. But we just didn't discuss it. So we come into this first week back. We get in the line. You guys know we're headed for a train wreck already, don't you? I'm just building the awesome tension of the moment. Imagine what it was like to live it. And so, so they pair us up. I'll never forget this nice lady. She had driven up from Oregon. It's like a three-hour drive for church service. Oh, yeah. Imagine someone sits in your circle that you don't know them at all. They go, I've driven hours to be here because I heard God is moving. I'm so expectant for you to pray for me. Laura and I are like, I'm just thinking like, amen, you know, like this is just going to work, you know? And so Laura, Nick's laughing in the back. Bro, don't ever do any of these things. Trust me, this will not turn out good. So I just look at Laura. I go, okay, amen. Here we go. Boom. And I remember we were going to do her original design because we always start with what? Original design. I go, we're going to pray and hear God's original design for you. Boom. I go, okay, God, how do you see so-and-so? I don't remember her name. And there's a long, awkward pause. Who's ever been a part of a prayer time with a long, awkward pause? And now I want, I wish I could tell you I was holy enough at 22, that's how old I was, barely 22, to respond in such just a poise and a, a healthy, holy way. But how many of you at 22 felt like maybe you had some room for growth in your life? And so here was my solution. How many of you are not 22 yet? <laughs> Okay, amen. I'll make, I want to say this. I feel like I'm droning on too long, you guys. You're 10 times farther down the road than I was at your age. I can promise you that. So, Laura, so there's this long, awkward pause. Laura looks at me and literally does this, goes. Because she's never once been that person in the team. Does that make sense? And so my response is I literally go. <laughs> game over you said it right there i got any married men in the house raise your hand bro you're hugging your bag right now it's like the tension is just like are you shaking and you're like living reliving the trauma of it all but husbands don't leave me out on a limb if i don't have any husbands who have ever made this mistake your name is on the line spiritually and you're like i, got, I know what's going to work i'll just up the pressure and that's going to bring <laughs> the spirit out right you know no husbands raise your hands so praise god for you i did so i just look at her and I go like this okay so laura who's totally a type a black belt chopsuki master 
I just want you, what, how do you feel that Laura felt about that nonverbal communication? Do you feel like Laura was like, oh, amen, thank you so much. I honor you. I'm ready. No, Laura was like, oh, okay. I see how we're rolling right now. Laura in her mind's like, oh, I'm taking authority over the prayer time right now. And then I'm like, oh, no, you're not taking authority. I'm taking authority. So you've got a lady in front of you. This is a real... And I want you to know, all this is nonverbal. It's happening with looks back and forth. <laughs> Meanwhile, you've got Sally, who drove three hours up from Oregon to get a word from God. She's depending on you. She's just quietly like this. <laughs> you have Laura and I in a silent argument about who's in charge and who's hearing God. Has this ever happened in your prayer times? And then... You're like, no, it's never happened to me in my first Don't worry, this will never happen to you. This is totally a hypothetical situation. And so then this is the prayer time. Blank screens. Laura's like, I'm not hearing anything. I'm like, you need to hear something. Laura's like, I know that, but I'm not. Yeah, but you need to. And we're just going back and forth, back and forth. I'm asking the question again and again. Okay, here we go. And I'll tell this part of the story and then we'll say amen and go to lunch. 131. I'm sorry, I kept you late. The door opens and guess who appears? Brian. You heard the story before. So Brian walks in. Brian always had a way of walking in at the right moment. And so I think the room, the tension was like, because by this time, Sally or whatever her name was, she was picking up. How many of you have ever gone to get prayer and it wasn't going good? You're smart enough to know, like, how many of you have ever had discernment, like, oh, the team's not flowing right now? And I'm the recipient of that ministry, right? So she's figured out, like, dang, I drove three hours up tonight and you guys are in a, a newlywed marriage fight, right? And God's definitely not speaking. So her face, now I just want you to feel the pressure of that moment. Now I'm feeling pressure from her. I'm feeling like, oh no, just like, and I'm having an internal meltdown. And I'm just feeling like, come oh, on, get just get the picture. I'm asking the question. You get the picture. Let's go, you know? And so Brian walks in the room and he goes, hey, how's it going? <laughs> Classic Matt moment. I go, it's going awesome. Thank you for asking. <laughs> <laughs> that's a true story i think you guys are it's like man it's mad were you even in christ probably not yeah at this time okay so so brian i think though knew it wasn't going great so he goes oh okay he goes let me just i'll just hang out you guys keep going do your thing i'll just observe how do you feel i'm feeling on the pressure meter now <laughs> oh dude it was so there we're on the second floor of the church there was a window i contemplated just like a quick escape like this is going rough dude i don't know i should pay cardiac arrest or anything just got to get out of this deal but there's no way out because god doesn't seem to be speaking and it's a it's a whole thing okay <laughs> Is this too long? <laughs> Brian observes. So I go, okay. So I ask the Lord again, original design. We're probably like 30, 45 minutes in. Oh, just trying to get it written. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't trying to be dramatic. I'm trying to be honest in the, like, what's really happening. Have you, any of you guys? <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's the awkward vibes. The it's so tense. I want you to feel that too, because this is leadership. I mean, you're just feeling like this is cringeworthy, and I need the story to come to a resolution. Okay, so I ask again, same deal. 
no, no, no breakthrough. Wow. This is a great story. Brian, in front of the lady, gotta love this moment. There were so many of these teaching moments and I'll say amen with this. Brian goes, Matt, I wanna try something. I go, okay. He goes, you just sit there. <laughs> that was code for, we don't need your help right now. <laughs> and he goes, he just looks at Laura. He goes, Laura, I'm gonna pray you're gonna hear. She goes, okay. Ask the Lord, original design. Laura instantly. Yeah, screens, like, it was like the screen was off, boom, screens on. She's like, oh, I see X amount of pictures. Picture number one, this, the Lord's X, Y, and Z. Picture number two, this, X, Y, and Z. Tears are coming. Lady gets completely blown up in a matter of seconds. All Brian did was literally ask the question in the most non-dynamic way you could. It wasn't even like, there was no buildup. Literally just goes, Lord, how do you see Sally? Boom, it was this, that normal. Laura, instantly, boom, boom, boom. So, Brian finishes the prayer time. Lady gets totally blown up. I'm sitting sidelined, just like, amen, you know, this is so cool. I'm just functioning if I get to discern it right now. I feel like we're moving in a great direction, guys. Prayer time is over. And I'm trying to show you the difference of authority with no authority. Are you tracking with what I'm saying? And so Brian, the lady, amen, he rescues, the lady leaves, but there's a post-game coaching time. Oh, no. oh yeah, you know what's happening. And so Brian, just being the loving guy he is, he, oh, amen, the lady leaves, door shuts. And Brian just looks at me and he goes, do you want to know why Laura heard when I asked and why she heard nothing when you asked? To which I was like, yeah, I'd love to know why. That would be really great. And he goes, it's really simple. It's because he goes, I have faith. And he goes, you don't. And so he goes, your question is born in unbelief. You're afraid that she won't hear. And so when you operate in fear and unbelief, there's no authority on that prayer. She goes, heaven will not respond to your prayer. He goes, for me, I have zero doubt that Laura's prophetic and hears God, even though she's never moved in it. And I have total confidence that she'll hear. And so when I ask, heaven responds. That's called authority. So he goes, your homework this week is to go home and resolve in your heart that you have faith in who your wife is. And that when you pray from here on out, you pray with the spirit of faith. That would be authority. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Post-game pastoral. I call that post-marriage counseling. <laughs> You didn't catch that right there. Let's keep on going. Post-marriage counseling was over. Brian leaves the room and goes to the next room to help those poor souls, whoever they were. And then Laura and I go home like a bomb went off. But I'll tell you this, and I'll end with this. That was a defining moment in my life. I will never forget the difference between when you have authority and you're operating in authority and when you lack authority and the difference in output. Number two, I will never forget the marriage principle that when you are not operating in unity and agreement, nothing happens. There is no authority and no punch on that. And when you are operating in that unity and agreement, there is authority and punch on that and you get a different outcome. I'll also never forget the awesome humility lesson as a husband to go pressure did not produce the outcome I wanted because I completely was not operating in Jesus's values. And there's no authority when you don't have his values because authority flows from the heart. From where? The heart. So when we come back from lunch, we're going to get into teams and we're going to pray. And I'm setting you up right now. Let's go. No, I'm telling you, this is a setup. Because if your team doesn't hear from God, I'm not going to come rescue you. That's leadership. It's not DTS. 
So you have to respond real time as a leader and go, we're going to pray for one another. What happens when we have blank screens? Someone's going to have to resolve their unbelief. And you can't do that silently. You got to be public about that. When it's blank screens, you have to resolve your disunity and disagreement among one another. And you can't do that secretly. That has to be public. And we're going to really work through the real leadership dynamics of what brings authority and what hinders authority. While doing that, we're going to work through the freedom grid that Sam wanted us to do yesterday, but we didn't have time for it. You remember that? And I'm going to walk you through the mechanics of how you walk someone through a freedom prayer set. But we're going to condense it into one deal, not this because we would do it over multiple sessions, but because of time. So we're going to spend the whole afternoon praying, and then I'm going to coach you as we pray. I might even mix up your prayer teams. I'm probably going to mix Kona and Huntington Beach people because we've got to just, I need to put you out in a deeper part of water where you don't know each other. So you can't depend on your working knowledge of your buddy and pretend that that's prophetic insight. That doesn't work. So I need you to have the desperation to go, I don't know you from anybody. And if I don't hear from God, you're going to know I didn't hear from God. And how am I going to respond to that pressure in that moment? Aria, how are you right now? Yeah, you're pumped up. Okay, so I'm probably going to mix you up. And then what we may do as we go is we might identify where our, our, our prophetic gifts are at, where our authority gifts are at, and try to mix you into well-balanced teams that can really start to move in hearing God and move in authority. Would it be helpful if we do this? Yeah. Close with this. I might interrupt you with a few more awesome revival stories, what I call revival fails, about epic deliverance times where there was no authority and why there was no authority and that might just help you be a dynamic learning lesson. How's this feel? Let's stand up. How many of you feel like I need a baptism of the authority of Jesus Christ in my life? How many of you believe that positionally in Christ, you have all of the authority in you? How many of you know that in reality, you're not moving at 100% in your authority? Raise your hand. And how many of you know who, what has or who has to change? Me. Yeah. Okay, there we go. We got it. Let's pray. God, we just pray in Jesus' name that today we thank you for Zagus leading us masterfully into the word and imparting a spirit of wisdom and revelation as it pertains to authority. God, we recognize that we need authority to do the will of God on earth and that you've given us that authority. And I pray for a baptism supernaturally of authority on every person here. I know that we have it and yet we long for more. It's like the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I know we have you in fullness and yet we long for a greater baptism. I pray today you would unleash faith, unity and agreement, power. I pray that over lunch you would impart literal spiritual gifts. I a spirit of prophecy, Acts 2, Joel 2, would be put on somebody today. Someone who's never seen pictures, their screens would light up. Someone who's never heard words, their screens would light up. I pray someone would receive a gift of authority today. And they would go, I've been timid my whole life, and right now I'm ready to be a buzzsaw just running through the enemy. Just God, impart that to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay.